humanoid reptiles are behind secret societies like the Freemasons and the Illuminati. (laughs) Welcome to episode 50 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm Rory. And we're back for another episode on this warm, very warm day. (laughs) A slightly sweaty day, you might say. I'm okay yeah. with it. We waited a long time for summer. That was a long winter. I'm good. Exactly. And some of us are back out and about doing things. <laughs> so um, I, I'm glad that, at least in Canada, places are open now so we can enjoy it. And I went to the gym for the first time <gasps> last week, and I'm so happy. It was oh, so good wow. to finally feel my muscles in pain <laughs> after it's been atrophying for a year and a half. Shaking them out of their slumber. Oh, good for you. What, it, uh... it was actually a little tough, like, lifting <laughs> like what I normally would lift. So I, I definitely, like, scaled back. I'm like, yep, I'm definitely weaker. It's a good strategy. Are most gyms open now? I haven't been following. Yep, I, I think. I can't think of anything that is closed. Like, I think almost any, everything is open with restrictions. Mm. Do you need to make an appointment to go to the gym? Uh, no. I just show up nice. <laughs> whenever it's open. All right. So they keep track of the number of people coming in and out. But, yeah. But my gym, is, I mean, well, your previous gym <laughs> but, uh, is kind of just open and they just keep count of people. Do they do the the whole contact you thing if uh, if they have like somebody who tested they positive? They do keep track of like when you go in or out, though. Um, so they actually have a mobile app now where you can actually look at your history of when you've actually signed in. So they're definitely keeping track of who's coming in and out. I feel like gyms kind of did that even before uh, COVID measures. Like I remember the gym I used to go to, even in the small little hamlet where I lived originally. The gym would have uh, a sign-in, sign-out, you know, card system and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a swipe card or whatever where you you have your barcode on there, and so that they know that you have a membership with them when you go in and out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they weren't tracking it before. Is that the difference? Uh, they're probably tracking it internally, but now it's like mm-hmm. quite visible, like on on the mobile app when I scan my uh, barcode. It shows up on the app that <laughs> I've been here at this time. And all this made possible by uh, vaccinations, an increasing proportion of the population being vaccinated. Yeah, 70% of Canadians at least have their first dose. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. I'm actually quite surprised. We're actually number one in the world. What? So, or at least I, w- I should say number one in like the, the major countries. There are some like smaller countries that clearly uh exceeded you know got a hundred percent and even more even more because there's visitors that come in and out of that country but ah. um uh but out of the major economies canada is number one Woo-hoo! go canada yeah but i feel sad well. for i feel sad for our u.s and america folks because <laughs> their cases are or sorry uh, the u.s and australia people because their cases are going up and yes i was watching the news yesterday and in australia there was this protest anti-lockdown protest and they were punching horses like police horses uh, which is very very bad 
who 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 punches a horse? <laughs> yeah, that is not a protest tactic that I am familiar with or would in any way endorse. Don't see how the horse is in any way responsible for this. Yes. Why do we have police on horses? Because it's definitely more intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to be trampled by a horse. <laughs> no, certainly not. And But if somebody comes up and punches a horse, part of me does hope that the horse fights back. <laughs> Gives them a good old kick in the shin or something. But if somebody comes up and punches a police car, like the car is not going to get injured. That poor horse. Uh, is... Yeah. Totally different thing. The, the inanimate no object. No reason yeah. for us to have horses. Yeah. Although it's strange to have a horse in the city, right? Because they, they do poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's good? Someone needs to clean that up. <laughs> Job for another day. Yeah. My mind is already busily constructing a narrative where, well, maybe the person stepped in the poop and now they, they've blamed the horse and they had to give it a punch in the bum for it. <laughs> I'm sure in no, no way that's how it played out. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the images were pretty clear. It punched it in the face. <laughs> oh, in and the you could face. see it's a yeah, it, oh. it was a still photo where like you could see the horse like the face is twisted because someone literally punched it in the face. So oh, terrible. Like, like on the one hand on the one hand, that sounds like a very Australian thing to do, like punching in the face, but <laughs> not a horse. Yeah. Like I feel like Australians have like some sense of morals where, like, yeah, you can punch another person, but definitely not a horse. <laughs> now, question, Kenny, and you may or may not know, but um, is Australia suffering from the same vaccinations as a partisan issue that the United States is suffering from? There are significant numbers of anti-vax people in Australia. Like, uh, I would say it's this anti-vax sentiment is on par with probably America. Mm-hmm. But um, and are they are they drawing from a particular political orientation or perhaps what their leaders may or may not be saying? I, I I think most leaders in Australia are pretty good. I mean, they've been you know pro or not. I wouldn't say pro like lockdown, but they've been really good at keeping COVID under control. Like out of every country out there, Australia and New Zealand have done a fantastic job at keeping. <laughs> COVID under control. Yeah. And I, I read recently that uh, that the Americans, the Republican Party, and even Fox News is finally joining the vaccination. Because Too they late. have finally realized that <laughs> if COVID kills their base, <laughs> they won't have enough voters. Not it's just that. Too it's going to look worse and worse for them if COVID makes a major resurgence in the states. And, you know, they were the talking heads that were saying, no, well, their opponents are saying They know how to yay. spin everything, Rory. They know how to spin everything. They'll be like, we didn't say that. What are you That's talking true. about? The double think is real. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, I mean, who are the people in hospitals that are dying? Almost over 95% of people are unvaccinated. Yeah. Like it's pretty clear that vaccines work. At least, you know, they might not 100% prevent infection but they'll prevent you from having to go to the hospital and dying Mm -hmm. and there's so many stories now um i just saw one today of someone that was posting you know anti-vax uh information on their twitter page uh you know dismissing the virus and turns out 
this person not only was hospitalized, they died. Oh. So they did. So I mean, there's these cases that are coming out now of people that have act, proactively, you know, posted misinformation on their social media, and then when you dig a little deeper and fought to try to find out why they haven't been posting in a while, it's because they're dead. So I mean, that's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But it should definitely be a lesson as well to everybody who's been, you know, spooning up this type of rhetoric that this is not the the lead to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Conspiracies are never a good uh, good way to find your answers for life. Or maybe it is for other <laughs> things. Think about conspiracies. <laughs> yeah. We're going Why don't we back. We're going talk back to conspiracies. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go to a conspiracy about how we are all being misled. <laughs> so uh, my understanding is there's, uh, you know, we live our lives day to day and we're just not aware that we are just puppets. <laughs> we're just being manipulated by some higher, not higher power, but like the elites and the government or whoever, whoever's above us. Some new, They're just manipulating us. New world order type groupies. Yes, yes. So apparently there's a conspiracy about, you know, this new world order where um, global elites and uh, governments are just manipulating all of us and trying to, I don't know, What's what's the goal? <laughs> there, there's so many conspiracies out there in terms of what the end end objective is. So, <laughs> so we'll we'll why don't we discuss that? What what are what are the goals of this new world order that everyone keeps talking about? Not everyone, but you know those conspiracy theorists. Total control of all aspects of life and perfect monitoring of every single person on the planet. Are, are you describing Facebook? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, this is just my off-the-cuff uh, attempt to answer the question just uh, from my own thinkings. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the conspiracies I kind of uh, landed on, it's related to the coronavirus, but there's this um, conspiracy theory about the Great Reset. Um, so this is apparently happening right now. Uh, this great reset. It really kind of started because there was actually a conference from the the World Economic Forum, and uh, maybe it was just a very poorly branded type of conference because they literally did name the conference the Great Reset, <laughs> <laughs> and um, really this forum was just meant to kind of bring together a lot of prominent leaders to talk about how countries can recover from the economic damage of the corona, coronavirus pandemic. Mm. Um, so they brought together a lot of people. Um, and I think it feels like just a really poor branding issue uh, because they called this whole thing about this great reset. And I can kind of understand where maybe conspiracy theorists might uh, might conclude with, oh, this is some nefarious thing because, you know, it, in this pandemic, everyone kind of wants things to go back to normal, right? People don't, people want to go back to what things were like before the pandemic. 
And when uh, when these leaders were framing everything as this great reset, every I, I can see why people felt maybe a little bit afraid that things are going to be dramatically changed and things won't go back to their view of what was normal in the past. Mm-hmm. So uh, these conspiracy theorists basically believe that uh, the governments of the world are kind of conspiring to create this great reset uh, where things will be dramatically different. Uh, you know, uh, everyone will be under control. Um, people will be forced to wear masks forever. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, of course. And uh, again, maybe from a Canadian context, it also didn't help that uh, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, in one of the press briefings, also referred to uh, the pandemic as a opportunity for a reset. <laughs> so this <laughs> reset word uh, uh, caused kind of a lot of, um, uh, I guess, concern for from these uh, conspiracy theorists. And, you know, Justin Trudeau was really kind of, uh, to quote him, um, uh, this is our chance to accelerate our pre-demic pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty and inequality and climate change. And the moment you hit those key words, you know, (laughs) people are just going to panic and freak out because, oh no, they're, uh, (laughs) Justin Trudeau is going to control all of us somehow. (laughs) With, um, with regard to, uh, to the conspirators in this uh, in this conspiracy, is it really all the countries, or, or are there some that uh, don't count? Is it all the capitalist countries? Is it uh, somehow the communist countries are part of this too, or how does it break down on on that level? Um, I don't know, but I assume that these conspiracy theorists think it's all countries, all or, of them, exactly. Even like I don't know how you would get. North Korea on board and yeah. Russia on board, but um, apparently it's all of them. And it's strange when they keep referring to how this reset is going to, uh, what, uh, to how, how they want to uh, accomplish this reset is to basically destroy the economy, you know, drive the economy down and force people to whatever, whatever the new paradigm looks like um (laughs) and the only problem with that is when you look at what actually happened during the pandemic yeah the economy you know went down we in 2020 uh the global gdp lost 2.9 percent but first of all it's 2.9 percent that's not like uh you know yes it's very bad that you know there's uh, unemployment you know people are uh suffering all that but in the grand scheme of things, the economy did not collapse. We're still, you know, we're still using our currency as mm-hmm. today. Uh, and the stock market is hasn't collapsed. It's still doing better than before the pandemic. Yeah, a lot of people got very rich during the pandemic. A lot of people got very rich. A lot of corporations got very rich. And... What happened to this conspiracy that this pandemic was going to collapse the economy <laughs> and force everyone into some, I don't know, socialist 
system, I guess. <laughs> oh, if only. That's the kind of conspiracy I wish for. <laughs> <laughs> and with this economic uh, collapse, though, they were talking about, you know, the food chain collapsing as well, like being our, our food supply chain collapsing, too. So there was like so many concerns about the economy and, you know, food supply and everything collapsing and then nothing did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We experienced yeah. delays. And a toilet in paper like, collapse. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt that one. There were impacts to the great toilet paper collapse. <laughs> I'm sure people are still using toilet paper or still having stock of toilet paper for the next five years. <laughs> yeah. To think that we were just like going to run out of toilet paper, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, not the the product that I would be overly concerned with anyways. I mean... The solution to which is just to buy a bidet. Oh, no. My (laughs) life is ruined. (laughs) But then everyone's buying bidets, and now you can't find a bidet Uh, in stock. And and now the the social order has been rewritten. I'm I'm seeing the connections here. I'm drawing the lines on my on my crazy person board, pinning the things. (laughs) Next thing you know, you're going to need, what, I don't know, three seashells? I don't know if you know that reference. I don't. What is that referring okay, to? Never mind. <laughs> Some people might know that reference, but what's that from? Um, I think the movie's uh, Demolition Man. It's oh, it's, it's it's when the the scene when this guy got frozen and he like wake uh, you know is uh, um uh, not wakes up in the future uh, and he's a police officer and. Uh, he, he has to use the bathroom, and there's the three seashells, and he's asking everyone, oh, where's the toilet paper? And, you know, these future people are all laughing because, oh, my God, he's using toilet paper. <laughs> he's a barbarian. <laughs> we use three seashells now. <laughs> but how? <laughs> they don't explain how it works. No, they totally don't explain how it works, but it's one of those, like, oh, in the future, no one uses toilet paper. That's, like, barbaric. <laughs> It's because the toilet paper supply chain broke down, so obviously that's why they don't use it anymore. Yeah, yeah. the 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 problem is, it, you know, of all the threats in the world, I would imagine like climate change would be one of them because yes. climate change would definitely impact our food supply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so if there's anything to worry about, I would definitely be worried about climate change, not you know our current state of uh, I don't know food production. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there are real threats to our way of life and our food supply chain, but they are not so much determined by some shadow group pulling the strings as they are by the real problem we've created with the climate collectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking about kind of uh, changes in the climate, uh, something that's kind of tied to this as well is there are also people that believe that, well, first question. Do you guys know what chemtrails are? Do, yes. to an extent. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> oh, you're looking it up? <laughs> yeah. no. Listen, um, ever see, you know, planes fall, flying overhead and you see this trail that planes leave yes. behind? That's what I know yes. chemtrails as, but I, I'm sure that I am lacking so knowledge. So the on. conspiracy theorists call those chemtrails. Okay. I usually refer to them as they're just vapor trails. <laughs> yeah. Vapor from a plane. Yeah. So the conspiracy here is 
these governments are using chemtrails to alter the environment uh-huh. and to also control our minds. Nice. Wasn't there so, a conspiracy that they're making people gay? No? Or is that just the frogs? Probably. I, I, to be <laughs> honest, it, <laughs> listen, a- anything that the conspiracy theorists can think of will turn everyone gay. Anything that they come <laughs> up with. So, we'll turn, first, the frogs will turn gay, and then we'll turn gay. <laughs> so, But who benefits? Yeah, so these, these chemtrails, <laughs> I mean, they're really planes as they're flying overhead. Uh, as part of the combustion process, it does create water vapor because mm-hmm. when you burn petrochemicals with oxygen, you can create water vapor, and these water vapors do, um, in certain conditions, when it's very cold, it obviously turns into ice crystals, and that's what we see mm-hmm. in the sky. But uh, according to conspiracy theorists, uh, the governments around the world are conspiring with, um, let's see, they're conspiring with the UN, the military, climate scientists, and pilots to oh. basically, I don't know, put chemicals onto the plane. And as the plane flies overhead, spray the chemicals into the environment and, you know, overhead in, popu- in uh, populations. And... That's a lot of people it's to be little, in on it. Like, you think maybe, is. like, are there any pilots that just aren't in on it? <laughs> they didn't get the memo. They don't leave chemtrails, but If they don't get the memo, how do pilots know to flip the switch to turn on the chemtrails? <laughs> so, uh, it, it's just, how, yeah, exactly. To your point, like, how can so many people be part of this conspiracy and no one has proven yeah. <laughs> this conspiracy exists. And none of them have a and crisis of conscience and say, I'm going to take a stand and whistleblow against this right now. And where are the chemicals supposed to be stored? I mean, planes are basically just aluminum shells with a lot of fuel. <laughs> like, that's all it is. <laughs> it, 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 planes have to be super light. Like, if you add any weight to it, I mean, it costs an airline a lot of money. As, you know... In our capitalist society, I can't imagine any airline deciding, we'll join in on this and spend money, (laughs) more money than we have to, on applying chemicals to the environment. (laughs) So um, it's concerning that uh, an international study that was done showed that 17% of respondents uh, in the US, Canada, and UK believe that chemtrails are a thing. Wait a minute. Say that percentage again. 17%. 17. A lot of people. It's almost a fifth one in of five. the population. One, yeah. One, like, if you walked into, you know, the mall or anywhere, one in five people <laughs> would believe that chemtrails are a thing. And it's, you know, I did also peruse through a chemtrail uh, Facebook group just to have a look. You did it! Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> what kind of garbage um, did you find there? No, no surprise. I, I don't think it should be a surprise when I tell you that uh, the postings on there all consist of lots of photos of chemtrails. <laughs> like People are just taking <laughs> random photos of chemtrails. But uh, the other thing as well that I noticed was um, almost 
every other post were a anti-mask posting, anti-lockdown post, or a anti-vaccine post. Surprise. So it's the same type of people that are, you know, uh, fighting, <laughs> fighting our ability to uh, squash the pandemic are the same people <laughs> that are promoting chemtrails. You're doing your research here. You're uh, you're conducting these experiments. Yeah. How many people also, what's the correlation, the Venn diagram? How many people <laughs> believe in chemtrails yeah. and anti-vaxxers? And, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. now I'm afraid that uh, Google or Facebook are going to see what I'm looking at and they're just going to plaster me with <laughs> ads <laughs> from these groups. You'll be getting um, uh, Ads for products that will help protect you against the chemtrails. I was going to say, you're going to yeah. get some advertisements for, like, gas masks, maybe, or... I know. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, this, yeah, some of these uh, people, they, they like to qu- quote saying, um, you know, I, I, I'll i just name this uh, one example where this person was saying, I've had my soil tested, I had my hair tested, you know, there was toxins like aluminum, barium, strontium, arsenic, magnesium, and I live very healthily. So she did all these tests on herself and found all these elements. Where did um, they come and from? She also, and she also found that, you know, her dog was poisoned by a radioactive material. It's one of those, like, how did you actually do these tests? <laughs> like, uh, like I, I, I don't quite understand how you actually got any results. Um, and on top of that, for example, like you're so concerned that your dog might have been poisoned by radioactive materials. Do you know what's the easiest way for you to get radioactive materials into your body? All you have to do is eat a banana. Because I don't think a lot of people know that banana actually has radioactive potassium in it. <laughs> so. No! It's natural. It's a natural occurring um, uh, substance in bananas. So if you if you want to become radioactive, you just have to eat a banana, and you'll be radioactive. My goodness! So, I never knew how not, risky my lifestyle was until today. <laughs> so listen, I mean, it, it, it all all these elements that she named off are kind of occurring in the environment. You know, obviously. Having too much is always bad, you know. Um, you know it, it's what's the uh, the phrase is always uh, what makes the poison is the dosage, not the you know element or component itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, too much water, for example, can kill you, <laughs> and too you know, pretty much too much of anything can kill you. So, um, yeah. So these conspiracy theorists. Very highly correlated with uh, um, the the anti-mask, anti-vaccine crowd. Well, they are they are joined and have a, quite a bit of company, though, because last I read, according to Vice News, that uh, up to forty-four percent of Republicans believed that there is a conspiracy involving vaccines and microchips. <laughs> yeah. And it it makes you wonder. I mean, I, everyone talks about this in terms of why are people so concerned about microchips and vaccines when they are carrying a phone? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's anything that can track you, it's your phone, and you're willingly letting your phone track you. Ah, but this is against their will. 
They had no idea this was coming, and this has been in the works for a while now, Kenny. I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. That uh, it all starts with Bill Gates. And Bill Gates, of course, is associated with the Gates Foundation. And the Gates Foundation was one of several donors that contributed to a spot of research on quantum dot tattoo systems. It's all Mm -hmm. theoretical, or so they say. But this quantum dot tattoo system is going to put a special die into the vaccines, and it's going to keep records, you know, presumably for children who are vaccinated and aren't able to keep good medical records. But this special die could also easily be used to track everyone and geolocate them down to anywhere on the planet. And so you know that this is authentic, Kenny. Bill Gates is also a member of the Bilderberg Group, who you may or may not know has an agenda originally defined to prevent world wars. But now it's all about building a consensus around free market Western capitalism and furthering its interests across the globe. And Bilderberg Group is a real thing. They do meet at the Bilderberg Hotel in the Netherlands. What they discuss there, I doubt, is quite as shadowy and conspiratorial as uh, injecting people with dyes to track their movements across the planet for unknown reasons. They you probably know, because... just talk about their money. <laughs> <laughs> What's I would your imagine. money doing? <laughs> <laughs> How much do you have? I took my, my money's money doing quite home. well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so if it still goes back to why would they spend so much money doing all this when literally the easiest way to track someone is just track their phones? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everyone has a phone. There's more phones than people on the world, on the planet. So you might as well just track the phones. Yeah, it's and unbelievable. We all give that's... our data willingly. Like we go on Facebook and fill out those stupid questionnaires <laughs> where people are like, "Oh, copy and paste this onto your page." <laughs> Do you actually fill those out? No, I don't. (laughs) But I see them all the time. Constantly my friends do that. I read that those are actually like a a form of password phishing, that they're looking for your secret questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do not not fill any of that out. (laughs) So if this is true, I mean, Dolly Parton helped fund Moderna. So (gasps) what's her angle? Is she trying to get us to all love her music probably is that the grand conspiracy here i mean we'll know when we hear about the great dolly parton comeback story and how she's now (laughs) topping the charts again (laughs) she's already a beloved idol i don't think that (laughs) yeah i don't think she needs a resurgence i think she's doing quite well for herself doesn't need a moderna mind control substance factor to uh to boost her ratings i do think it's funny though that she did help fund uh the vaccine i think that's pretty cool i mean people with money should be doing something with it that's helpful uh, to us instead of launching launching their butts (laughs) up in space (laughs) shots now to be shattering (laughs) listen it's true i mean watching billionaires fly on a phallic rocket (laughs) just Something about that just seems odd. <laughs> and the fact that he all his comments on thanking every uh, Amazon customers and workers 
because they help pay for his flight. Oh, just God. sends the wrong message. <laughs> yeah, his his PR person needs to needs to take a little review of the of the stuff they're putting out there. I actually think he's like oblivious. I, he... I, I don't think I I feel like he just sounds like I don't think he quite understands why. People are criticizing that. He doesn't realize that he's like the Lex Luthor of the planet right now. <laughs> no. He doesn't understand he's the villain. <laughs> oh, well, he, does, workers, he doesn't care. His workers who don't get pee breaks, they recognize his villainy. So I thought of another fun activity. This is going to be a bit of a callback because I remember when I first started doing these podcasts with you two, we had like a a true false session. I, I think it was with mm-hmm. Snopes or something where we were reading unbelievable stories and then we'd have to guess whether it was, you know, reality or mm-hmm. fiction. That was my favorite segment. Are you bringing that back? <laughs> I'm bringing back a, a version of it. Topical, of course, based on the group that I, I took a little bit of a closer look at the skull and bones secret society, which is a subgroup of a fraternity that started in Yale University way back in 1832, formed by William Huntington Russell and Alfonso Taft. After a dispute with their fraternity, the Phi Beta Kappa, over awards that were being given out. I'm not sure if they were financial or not, but that's how this group started. And now, on with some true-false questions that you guys can answer one by one. First off, Skull and Bones uses a treasure hunt map in place of the traditional tapping method to recruit potential new members. True. Tapping method? What do you mean, like, tapping method? Usually when somebody's uh, recruited into one of these elite fraternities, they get tapped or punched. It's a form of invitation to let the the prospective person know, we're interested in you, you can join our, our little group. So instead of tapping. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got two trues for the treasure map. Not this time. That one's false. I made that up <laughs> myself. <laughs> All right, question two. The society is informally known as Bones, and the members are known as Bonesmen. True. I can think of so many better names. <laughs> 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 I think it's true, though. It's a- Sounds true. Sounds it lame. certainly is. That is 100% true of this group. The Bonesmen. <laughs> I'm sure it they... sounds like someone in a secret society would call themselves. I feel <laughs> like wanna... they, they probably thought What should we call ourselves? <laughs> Bonesmen. <laughs> I think they think it sounds a lot cooler than it really does. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Third. Skull and Bones members have a reputation for stealing keepsakes from other Yale societies on campus, a practice known as crooking. My question it is, would you like... make up that word crooking? I don't think you would. I'm pretty creative, Sherry. Don't doubt me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say it's true. I'll say true only because I'm picturing the Simpsons episode where... One of the schools steals like a mascot. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. It's absolutely true. They steal little keepsakes from the other groups on campus. And among the crooks, question number four, the society has pulled off one theft that includes the skull of Abraham Lincoln. False. False. All right, you got me. (laughs) I guess I I went too far with that one. Where is his skull? (laughs) 
I'm not sure either. But just so you know, I'm not so far out of whack. The Skull and Bones group have been accused of possessing the stolen skulls of Geronimo and Pancho Villa. I don't know any of that. Who's Geronimo and who's Pancho Villa? Uh, Geronimo's a, a famous Apache leader, and Pancho Villa is a Mexican revolutionary. Oh, okay. Both big historical figures, and if their skulls were missing, history. I feel like somebody would be would be on to this group if they yeah. pulled off a heist that big, a skull yeah. heist. <laughs> <laughs> is that what this group does, is pull off skull heists? <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> All right, fact number five. The end of the Lamian War, I'm going to hit you with some more history here, Greek history, and the death of Demosthenes established a plutocratic order, or plutocratic, sorry, order in Greece by stating that only members who held 2,000 drachmas could remain citizens. I feel like my stuttering through this has definitely given away the truth of it, so don't even bother with this question. This is uh, corresponding, this supposedly... The group was founded on a reference to the number 322, which will probably crop up in your Freemason stuff as well, Sherry. But 322 BC corresponds to when Greece was having a bit of a a turnover between democracy and plutocracy. So, yeah, that's where I was going with that. Didn't come out quite as eloquently as I hoped. So we'll move on to a much more direct one. Does the Skull and Bones Society admit women? Yes or no? No. No. (laughs) Ha ha. You are both on the wrong side of this. As of 1992, they did start admitting females into the society, which is big of them being as they started as a fraternity. Yeah, not many fraternities can say that. So, question. What do they actually do? (laughs) We'll get to that eventually, Kenny. (laughs) First, you have to... Not important. Because now... (laughs) Because now I'm literally picturing they just sit together and talk about their money. (laughs) You just have to wade through my trivia before we get there. Oh, this is a good one. Skull and Bones have their meeting hall in an old tomb. True or false? False. False? How do they fit? True. What new tomb are they going into? It's a renovated tomb. It has wings. It's much bigger than what you would imagine a tomb would be, but they that is how it started. They put air conditioning in it. <laughs> put some art up on the walls. <laughs> Painted. Okay. All right, next. Deer Island in Connecticut is owned and managed by the Skull and Bone Society as an island retreat to get together and rekindle friendships. True. True. Correct. They own an island. And they sit there and they they talk about their money. They rekindle <laughs> friendships around their money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question, or next statement, I should say. The Bonesmen, see, I'm already getting into the flavor of what they like to call themselves, use brands on their members, or they used to. Now they just strongly suggest their members get a dark black wrist tattoo of a skull. I feel like this wouldn't be allowed at a university. I'm going to say false. I mean, nothing says that they're sponsored by the university, but you're both correct. The whole branding (laughs) and dark tattoos comes directly from the 1992 film, The Skulls, with Joshua Jackson. Ooh. So, see, the reason why I'd say it's false, I feel like if it's some kind of like secret society, they don't want to show off, right, Mm. who they belong to. It's true. It's supposed to be secret. But they need a... A secret handshake like and a, everything, right? Exactly. They need a secret handshake or something. 
But uh, in the movie The Skulls, I, I looked up the clip from this just to make sure I wasn't totally making things up. They they wear a wristwatch, some expensive dongle over their their wrist branding, and that's how they can pull the wristwatch down. And then, ooh, look, I'm a member of the Skulls. So that's their secret handshake. Because, of course, you also have to test your your initiate's commitment in some way. I mean, anybody who's familiar with hazing in fraternities knows that testing commitment is a big part of these subgroups' mode of operation. Hazing does not happen anymore. They have zero tolerance for hazing. It's banned on Western, but is it banned everywhere? I'm pretty sure, it yeah. It should be banned. Yeah. It should be. <laughs> I know, at least if it's in still North happening, America. It's not legal. At North, in North America, it is. I was Does part still of the sorority. Um, oh. You don't remember this, Rory? <laughs> no, I, I didn't oh. remember that you're a sorority girl. <laughs> Not while we were together in university, but later <laughs> on, uh, when I was in university on my own, I was I did join a sorority. Um and and it's a it's an American sorority and they say zero tolerance for hazing. So um yeah, so throughout North America, it's a zero tolerance for hazing. But we had like a secret handshake and we have like a phrase or whatever so we can identify each other. And yeah, I don't right know. On. I don't. <laughs> so go on, Sherry, you're the really... one that's controlling the world. <laughs> You've been with Sherry, Sherry all along. <laughs> Pulling the strings the whole time. Pulling the strings of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're highly influential. Don't doubt us. It's funny that people sort of get so paranoid about secret societies. It's just because they have like this secret to them, but there's not much of a secret. It's just like some handshake someone made up and like a phrase in Latin someone wanted to use. And then like a small ceremony where you say certain things or whatever. But like, apart from that, we just had meetings to talk about like our academic status and helping out in the community and stuff like that. Like it was just, just a group of us getting together. So it wasn't anything special. Like it's not like, you know, these people think that it's a secret society where you're trying to take over the world and, or yeah. It's all about the branding, Sherry. Money. (laughs) Secret society sounds a whole lot cooler than book club. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or study group or like, (laughs) That's really all it was. It was just like, we're going to go out and do some charity and some studying, and we're awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. And from the outside, oh, my God, they're plotting our discussion. <laughs> right? <laughs> Could they possibly be talking about, not the book, that's for sure. <laughs> they're sitting on their piles it's of money code. talking in code. Well, every, every, time they t- every time they talk about this book, it's code for something. <laughs> It's code for the Great Reset. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Next factoid. Prior to the 1970s, all members' identities were kept secret in addition to all meetings and practices. True or false? True. All identities were kept secret? Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ah, true. False. Secret member lists only came about after the 1970s. So it's true now, but it wasn't true before. I threw a little twist in there with the whole date thing. The kind of crappy move you'd use to trick your students and make them get the question wrong. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right, last question. George H.W. Bush 
a member of the Skull and Bones group, along with his son, held the nickname Magog, a figure that is associated with apocalypse in the Bible. True or false? False. How do you know what's in the Bible? I think maybe this could be true. (laughs) Well done, Sherry. (laughs) I just used my teacher logic. (laughs) Sussed me out. Knew that I didn't have that kind of Bible knowledge ready and on hand. (laughs) It's not about whether or not I think this could be true for the organization. It's whether or not I think you. I mean, I also could have just thrown the thrown the Bible out there as a red herring and just been Mm. like, I'll just make up a name and you know say it's in the Bible. Yeah, fair. But you you got me. You got me. We wouldn't know if you made up a name and threw it in and said it was from the Bible. (laughs) Bit of a side note. you know, hearkening back to this number 322, because it's actually a much bigger deal than just a passing reference. Oh, I should mention the emblem of Skull and Bones is in fact like the pirate ship Skull and Crossbones, but with the number 322 written beneath it. So what does the number 322 refer to? Well, there's that stuttering response I gave about the Greek order Demosthenes. It could also be a reference to Genesis and the doctrine of self-awareness. And it could also be a connection to the second chapter of the German secret society, the Bavarian Illuminati. Mm. Always what do you comes think? back to the Illuminati. Which one sounds most plausible to you? <laughs> uh, so what are my options? Bavarian Illuminati. Um, Genesis, Genesis. Self-awareness. And uh, this Greek orator, Demosthenes. I'm going to say Genesis. It's actually kind of a... Go ahead, Kenny. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I <just wanted> to, <laughs> I to me, it just looks... It's like random numbers. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude and cut you off. But yeah, it's kind of an all of the above thing. Like all of these things are associated with the number 322. In Genesis, it's all... I have the quote here. A biblical quote to read on our humanist podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm sure, we're all gonna I'm sure we're all gonna love it. So Genesis three chapter three verse twenty two reads, And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. I had a, a real quandary when I was reading that. I'm like, who is God? speaking to when he says that man has now become like one of us isn't god the only god in the bible i, well, I, I was I, curious I, you're, you're asking the wrong group of people here i was curious enough that i i looked up this little thing because i'm like is this a gotcha moment is he speaking to odin and zeus and having a little god party up there no it it's the whole God is plural thing with uh, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. No. God the, yeah. No, I, I disagree. He's clearly talking to the flying spaghetti monster. Absolutely. <laughs> no. May his noodly appendages, appendages touch us all. Well, let, let's be clear here. The quote is just as I read it. And so it's only these biblical theologians who are saying that he's speaking to himself as God the plural he could very well be speaking to the flying spaghetti monster and having a conversation. That seems more likely to me. It, that is when you weigh the I facts choose to believe that. And you you take it all into context, it it seems pretty pretty likely. Yes. 
Compelling evidence. <laughs> Very compelling. So that's about all I've got on this uh, this group and my little trivia game. You know, I-, I just looked up the logo for Skull and Bones. You know, how it's how the bones are sticking out in this cross. It's almost like this flying sp- spaghetti monster. <laughs> really? Usually appendages <laughs> oh my sticking out. Mm. I don't think that's a coincidence. And the two eyes, it's like the two meatballs. I... I Whoa. don't think this is just a pure coincidence. I'm Kenny, sold. you better watch your back. I think you're on to something. And these groups, they do not like people uncovering their secrets. <laughs> they do not. Let me tell you about a society who does not like you to find out about their secrets. <laughs> and I actually have a personal connection to this one. Uh, you do. Because my grandpa was a part. I knew it. See, she she <laughs> is part of the new world order. The like, is this is what we have discovered today. <laughs> my grandpa was a Freemason, and my grandma was a part of the Eastern Star, the female offshoot. Uh, and I think my mom paid dues at the Eastern Star for a while, but I don't think she does anymore. I don't. She never was a part of it um, actively. Um, yeah, so my grandpa was a Freemason, and that is a fraternal secret order that goes back, way back into the Middle Ages. Um, and it started with, uh, it was a sort of professional organization for Masons um, to make sure that, you know, uh, the people who were doing Masonry were well qualified and it was just more of like a hierarchy of you can become like a master mason or whatever whatever their terminology is is it kind of like a trade union almost it was a trade union yeah Mm. at the time it started out in the middle ages as like a trade union uh so it was one of the first trade unions i'm sure i have no idea i don't know that's not a fact i looked up i'm just assuming (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what the first one was? I don't know. Don't look at me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so originally, so it was just men and uh, it was like a trade union. And I find this interesting. Like, I wonder how far back in my ancestry were Freemasons because uh, like they often say, you like your last name um, sort of dictates maybe what your job was way back when. Um, and so I come from a family of tailors. So I always find that interesting of maybe like, maybe I had some, some trade, trade ancestry. Um, Mm. But anyway, uh, so only men. Um, So if you're a woman, if you're an atheist, uh, and if you're an enslaved person, uh, you're not allowed to join. Although that has changed a little bit. Um, So they do allow Uh African-American Masons now, but there are some uh, associations in like the Southern states in the U.S. that are still discriminatory. So uh, and they don't recognize uh, African-American Masons, which is awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, women still not allowed. Atheists still not allowed. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but at least they're getting better, right? <laughs> so is the uh, of color. <laughs> well, clearly, there's a, a divide between the South and you know, people who aren't racist bigots. Is it like a splinter situation? Like, are they separate groups within the Freemasons? Do they call yeah. themselves different things? Well, it's called a lodge. So there's a bunch of different lodges all over uh-huh. the world. And it was spread by the British Empire. Um, 
surprise, surprise, uh, <laughs> as we colonized uh, the world. Um, but yeah, so it was just essentially like a whole bunch of what they called lodges and uh, you can be a part of a lodge. And I think within the lodge, they have, you know, certain hierarchical positions, um, just like a sorority that I was a part of. We had a president and we had, you know, a vice president and then we had like, you know, people who ran certain positions, whatever. Anyway, so so all of these different lodges, and I think some of them are more strict and follow different or original doctrine than others and, mm. and maybe don't allow certain people in. Um, it can be very exclusive. And I think that's part of why people maybe start to make up conspiracy theories about this is because, like, it's such an exclusive club, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when you don't know what's happening behind closed doors... Yeah, they can't be talking about anything other than controlling the world. Right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, what else would you talk mm-hmm. about when you have an exclusive little group of, uh, of powerful people? Or Yes, of course. When you have a group of people who are Masons, uh, who have the same position in society, the same um, profession, what else would they talk about? Obviously not Masonry or their tools. <laughs> 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 They're talking about controlling the world. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, so it started as this professional organization, um, but then they kind of changed it a little bit over time um, and adopted these, um, you know, they have uh, ceremonies and uh, specific dress and things like that to the point where um, they encountered a lot of opposition from the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, because it, it started to look a bit more like a religion. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and because, you know, it, it contains, you know, things like, um, you know, lessons of morality. Um, you know, they talk about charity and, and things like that. And so it, it kind of starts to look a little bit more like a religion. And so therefore the Roman Catholic church got very, uh, all defensive. Um, and, um, so the, I feel like they probably would have started a war if they started collecting donations, right. Or mm. collecting money. Maybe like once, once you start taking people's money, then were the, were the Freemasons, uh, a secretive, like were their identities protected or could the, the church have sought them out and persecuted them for being quasi-religious as Freemasons. I don't know. They wouldn't have started out that way. So I don't know if they turned in that direction, but uh, yeah, the church got really concerned over all these secret rituals that were going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so in the 19th century, the Vatican called the Masons, the synagogue of Satan. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yes. And they first condemned uh, the Freemasons in 1738. So it goes back a long time. They have a uh, negative relationship with the church all the way back to the 1700s. And in 1983, they declared uh, their principles have always been considered irreconcilable with the doctrine of the church and therefore membership in them remains forbidden. The faithful who enroll in Masonic associations are in a state of grave sin and may not receive Holy Communion. So this grievance, yeah, this continues up till till present times. Yeah. They have not reconciled. 
Yeah. I know. That's why I thought I thought it was so funny that like the church is so against them when um part of their doctrine is that you believe in a higher power. Um mm-hmm. so in order to be a Freemason, you have to be an adult male. Um, and you have to believe in the existence of a supreme being and in the immortality of the soul. So obviously they've been charged with prejudice and things like that against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously that's problematic, but <laughs> uh for obvious reasons. But like, yeah, so like they believe in a higher power, and to belong to them you have to believe in a higher power. And yet these these religious organizations don't want to embrace them. They want to um, dispel them from their midst. I mean, it's because they're they're not performing the rituals that the church has has sanctified. They're doing it a little differently, and so we can't have that. Mm-hmm. The rituals are too sacred for you to mess with them and mm-hmm. come up with your own variants. Yes, yeah, and it's the whole secretive thing that that actually sparked this um, political party in the U.S. called the anti. Uh, Masonic party. Um, hopefully I'm saying that properly. And in 1828, there was an anti-Masonic party and, um, they were spreading conspiracy theories about Freemasons. Um, and, uh, their whole agenda was against the Freemasons. So they didn't last very long because they like, you know, didn't have any policy on infrastructure or whatever <laughs> the economy <laughs> they were just like bring down the stonemasons <laughs> um yeah healthcare forget about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't even consider these things we have one purpose everyone unite <laughs> yeah. but they claimed and they started to spread this more widely uh that the freemasons were involved in a murder so I'll go through the murder with you. There is murder in here. I love it. I'm a so murder excited. mystery? <laughs> yes. It's Sign a murder me up. mystery. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So September 12th, 1826. Uh, so this is New York. There is a stone worker named William Morgan who goes missing from the local jail. Uh, he was a drunkard. He had been moving around a lot. Um, he couldn't really, uh, I guess, get his feet under him in terms of work. Um, so he was struggling that way. Um, and so he managed to infiltrate the Freemasons. Um, so find a position within the Freemasons. And he started writing down all all of their ceremonies and details about stuff like that. Um and then eventually he threatened to publish uh, a book uh, that was exposing the Freemasons. Um, <laughs> so as a result of um, this threat, uh, the, there were some local Masons who started harassing uh, William and um, they wanted to stop this publication from coming about. Uh, so I don't know how it happened, but William was arrested for some outstanding debts. Um, so, uh, I believe, um, sorry, I'm just trying to find it. Uh, he, okay. So they had, they showed up at his house on September 11th and he, 
the police did. They showed up at his house and he borrowed, he had borrowed a shirt and tie from an owner of a local tavern and, and I don't know, never returned it or forgot to return it. So, so they had a warrant for his arrest uh, because he didn't return this shirt and tie. And so he gets to the police station and, um, and uh, the charges are dropped. The tavern guy is probably like, whatever. Um, and so then they arrest William for immediately arrest him for another debt. And so he owes $2 and 65 cents to someone or whatever. And then later on that night, he's bailed out of jail by a group of Freemasons. They had had some back and forth up until this point. So um, the Masons tried to destroy uh, Williams. I think it was his friend's print shop. So they were going to, you know, print all of this information on the Freemasons. And so there was a fire in the print shop and um, all those sorts of things. So there was some back and forth between them, but the Masons bailed him out of jail. Uh, and, and how it was explained was that he was escorted hurriedly into a carriage and taken away, never to be seen again. Oh, I and the like last this part. <laughs> word, the last word anyone heard Morgan utter was allegedly murder. <laughs> Ooh. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's these. Yeah, rumors. he was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't seen again, and rumors were spread of his disappearance. Um, and so, um, you know, people kind of latched onto those rumors and accused the Freemasons of hushing up you know this guy who was going to come out disappeared him their secrets and yes they disappeared him and the men who were accused of uh william's disappearance were put on trial um and um they were given some lenient sentences and so i think this is why i mean they're probably white powerful men who like the judicial system usually gives a slap yeah. on the wrist anyways. Like, let's be Not honest. Not like we have any historical <laughs> or contemporary examples of white, powerful men getting off with lenient sentences. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so in January of 1827, uh, they were um, given a couple prison sentences. One was about like one month and then there was another that was two years. So the most they were given was two years in jail. Then it was, uh, for the reason of forcibly moving Morgan from one place to another against his will. So that was the reasoning mm. behind it. Cause they couldn't prove that they murdered him. They found yeah. no body. He just disappeared. It's yeah. kind of like kidnapping ish type charge, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was essentially the murder that, that, uh, kind of brought about a lot of these conspiracy theories about, you know, the Masons, you know, ruling the world or whatever. Um, yeah. So With it's, the ability to make people disappear. Yeah. Built their reputation up real good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's fun to, to read about like, these things because there was a I actually read an article from an um 
Israeli newspaper site. And this is how they this is how they described uh, the Freemasons. And if you're a Freemason, please don't be offended by this. But <laughs> they said it's an order comprised largely of retired elderly folk that has for years been attempting to recruit new members with only partial success. <laughs> so <laughs> what kind of threat are these people? I don't know that they're they're much of a threat in terms of taking over the world. So there is a a lou- uh, lounge near me, like within a couple blocks. And should I join? I'm looking at their <laughs> website right now. I mean, I hear they're How looking for join. new members. So <laughs> I don't know. So apparently, I need to. I, apparently, I need to join this um, to go there. Be able to meet on nights. Uh, where uh, they have their meetings. Their meetings happen around 7.30. Uh, and I, all, I just need to choose the location that's convenient to me. There's no <laughs> other requirements on their website. <laughs> it used to be that you had to be related to a Freemason and they could sponsor you um, oh. to be a member. But I don't think you need to anymore. I don't know. There's, there's, no, there's literally up. no requirements on the website <laughs> other than... Be able to meet at seven thirty. <laughs> Be punctual at least, and, please, and at the location most convenient to you. There's literally no other requirements. Kenny, are you going to infiltrate for us? <laughs> Why not? It, I'm, it says, you know, Freemasonry is the oldest and largest fraternal organization in the world. They make it sound fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the the point of a lot of these things kind of. Harkening back uh, full circle to how you started, Kenny, it's got to be networking with people who have a lot of money and resources, right? That's kind of the general idea behind a lot of these, uh, you know, secret societies and why you'd want to be a member is, you know, networking. I think so. And and the Freemasons have actually become more relevant recently uh, because um, QAnon people have been saying that the Freemasons have been pulling the strings of the coronavirus crisis. <laughs> um, they stated them too. Yeah. How'd they how'd they get those strings away from the the, <laughs> the Bill Gates's group? <laughs> well, they even mentioned Bill Gates as like a member of the Freemasons and whatever. Always it, one of it them all too. ties into the Illuminati and. Um, but they said, you know, there's no coronavirus pandemic. It was invented by the Masons to reduce the population of the Earth. Yeah. But if and then there's they gave... no pandemic, how are they reducing the population? I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they gave like some sort of example of how the fact that there's no virus in Iraq um, because there was no need for it to emerge. But there is coronavirus in Iraq. They have numbers of people. Even in the beginning, they had numbers of people. Iran was one of the first places where they had the biggest outbreaks. Yeah. Yeah. Misinformation is such a dangerous thing, and it feeds these conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. However, the uh, leader of Scotland's Freemasons... um, he came out and said that coronavirus is a punishment from God. He had this whole oh. rant. <laughs> he publicly stated that coronavirus is a punishment from God. Why um, do I feel like he's probably not even the only one who said that or thinks that way? I mean, Sherry, yeah. I'm I'm really fascinated because I'm just browsing through their website. <laughs> Masonry <laughs> is not a secret society. We're happy to share what we know. <laughs> 
my god. Any information about Masons can be found at a well-stocked bookstore or local library. (laughs) (laughs) Masonic buildings are clearly marked and listed in the phone book, and members often identify themselves by wearing Masonic jewelry. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So not not so secret, apparently. (laughs) I was also on Wikipedia um, just looking for some different conspiracies that are associated with it. Just I was just like browsing and I was like, Wikipedia, tell me what other what are people saying? Because it's not always reported (laughs) in the news. Right. Uh, The Freemasons faked the Apollo moon landings. Oh, they did that. They did that. Does that mean um, I didn't know masonry skills were so great? <laughs> well, they, they've advanced. They've advanced over the years, Kenny. Does that mean is is NASA part of the Freemasons? Uh, okay, so here's the thing. The next one on our list from Wikipedia, um, <laughs> from what people say about the Freemasons, um, they say that the Freemasons at NASA deceived the public to hide the Earth being flat. <laughs> no, not the flat earthers. How did they get in here? <laughs> How all the conspiracy theorists get in? Oh. This is this is an interesting thing, and I've read this elsewhere too. That uh, a lot of these conspiracy theories they they overlap into one another, and so they kind of mutually end up reinforcing one another, and so yes. you can't even like take aim and knock one of them down because the other ones are there to. To bolster it's it because up. they all need each other because no one else is going to believe them. <laughs> so they they need to like gather a, a mass of crazy conspiracy theorists. Yeah, it, it's so multi headed at this point that they've they've just got a a theory about so many different dimensions. But go yeah. on, <laughs> it's the mutual reinforcement. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, mm-hmm. they also say, I've got a few more, this, a few more good ones. Uh, the September 11th attacks were astrological in nature as part of a hidden war between masonry as descendants of the Knights Templar and Islam. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that one. I don't either. <laughs> I, the next one's really good. Okay. Okay, so the conspiracy that uh, humanoid reptiles are behind secret societies like the Freemasons and the Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) Humanoid reptiles? They can be like the Koopas in the horrible Super Mario (laughs) (laughs) movie. I can't. (laughs) Okay. And obviously, um, prominent murders involved Freemasons. So after our first original murder here, we've got the cases of Jack the Ripper, Roberto Calvi, and John F. Kennedy have Mm. all fallen to the Freemasons. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And the last one was that the Masons are intimately connected to the Illuminati, which is... Of course. Like a given, <laughs> Sherry, really. Yes. Pretty much every conspiracy you can think of, it's definitely because of the Freemasons. <laughs> yes. The Illuminati. The Illuminati is like our big umbrella, and then the Freemasons are underneath it. So is the Illuminati where the where the lizard people are? Is that the are they at the Illuminati level and then the Freemasons are like a level beneath? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Humanoid reptiles. What? I don't even understand <laughs> what those are. <laughs> it's a big reptile that is, I don't know, bipedal. <laughs> Do we believe like that that's where humans came from as reptiles? Or I don't know. I don't understand it. Anyway, I don't think we can <laughs> understand it. <laughs> I know, but I'm pretty sure I saw that on an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> so. I like how they just, they consume all these other you know, major, highly publicized events like Jack the Ripper. He just gets folded in there. And, and what, what were the other ones that you were talking about? Uh, uh, John F. Kennedy was one John of them. John F. Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just wrap them all up into this one overarching myth. and It's all connected somehow. You really could fill your whole bulletin board with pins and, and crazy events if you just see connections and nothing. Well, they did make that Rory, one it man all, It all makes sense. It it all makes sense the moment you put it on a board and you tie strings to each other. <laughs> it totally makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm dubious whether there's even correlation between a lot of these things, let alone causation. <laughs> as long as the strings connect. If you connect <laughs> the, string, the strings, the string is the correlation. <laughs> let the strings speak for themselves. <laughs> It represents the noodly appendage. Ah, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. <laughs> We've converted Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that so would be your goal, wouldn't it? High order ruler share. Join membership <laughs> on the website. And <laughs> you clicked on join membership? <laughs> no. it, it, all it says is you need to, if you want to join them, you have to contact them. Uh -huh. so. And you have to learn the secret handshake, I hope. Yes. I mean, they probably still have a secret handshake and a secret password and wear that, you know, garb that they wear. There's uh, an email address I need to send <laughs> my request to. But they probably dropped I'm very their curious now. Yeah, they've probably dropped their standards quite <laughs> yeah. a bit because they're not think... really relevant anymore. I hate to say it. If you're listening and you're part of a Freemason. <laughs> I think that's that's probably the way with uh with any group, you know, when your when your membership is deteriorating, you've got to kind of shed whatever you think is acting as an exactly. impediment. You gotta look look at look at our humanist group. Wah wah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were pretty pretty inclusive, I thought. <laughs> Weren't really a lot of hurdles to joining the humanist group. <laughs> oh. Oh. I like it. I like it that we were able to poke fun at ourselves. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, social societies are kind of, I feel like maybe, you know, not quite as relevant among youthful people as they used to be. Like my grandfather, you know, being part of the Masons was probably really beneficial to his career and things like that. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, I don't think that it's, it's probably anything. Yeah. yeah, all people care about is TikTok and <laughs> Instagram now, so no one cares about joining a society. Yeah, yeah. so that was the Freemasons. How about awesome. that? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that was fun, so thanks for joining us on today's episode, and we will, well, you'll hear from us in the next episode. <laughs> okay. You'll be hearing from us. All right, we'll talk to you later. See you, See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
episode 50. It is. Big 50. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that we hit number 50. Okay. Congratulations. 